host of Practical Torah, a show of Rebirth Radio, where each week we reflect on the Torah reading, pulling out inspiration and wisdom for our everyday lives. This week's Torah reading is from Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, to chapter 22, verse 24, and is entitled Varia, which is Hebrew for, and he appeared. This week, though a great deal is happening in this Torah portion, we're going to hone in on Genesis chapter 21, which shows the tug of war between Sarah and Hagar. We will even backtrack to Genesis chapter 16 from the previous Torah portion to examine the relationship of these two matriarchs and what it can teach us for how we relate to each other today. Because our relations with each other are truly where Yah can appear in our lives. Though I read the story of Hagar and Sarah many times, it wasn't until I was a first-year student in theology school that I truly began to understand this story and see the two women within it. While studying womanist theology and reading the powerful text by Dr. Dolores Williams' Sisters in the Wilderness, I began to see myself in the account of Hagar and Sarah. As a servant woman whose body was used to fulfill the dreams of her master and mistress, Hagar was a heroine to womanist and seemed to represent the Hebrew woman's experience in America. It should be noted, womanist theology is a way of looking at the scriptures and interpreting them through the experience of African American women. As I studied the blackness of the Bible and biblical Hebrews for about six years, I have learned that both Hagar and Sarah would have been called black women if they walked the earth today. We must realize in the ancient world, modern racial categories did not exist, and so people were not called black or African in our Bibles, but they were called Egyptian, Cushite, Hittite, or Hebrew. The fact is, in the story of Hagar, Sarah, and Abraham, all the characters would be seen as black or African today. Abraham and Sarah were half-brother and sister, and many scholars are now admitting that Abraham was what would be called black today, and hence as his relative, Sarah, was black as well. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, we read that Abraham is from Ur of Chaldees, and the Senegalese historian Cheikh Antti Diop states of the Chaldeans, the ancients remained silent about the alleged Mesopotamian culture prior to the Chaldeans. They considered the latter a caste of Egyptian astronomer priests, that is to say, Negroes. And this is from his famed book, The African Origin of Civilization. In the original African Heritage Study Bible notes on Genesis chapter 16, edited by Dr. Kane Hope Felder of Howard University Divinity School, it is stated of Hagar, Abraham's wife Sarah had a handmaid, Hagar, who was an Egyptian woman given to Abraham in order that his wife might have children. As Sarah's directive, Abraham and Hagar, the Egyptian, brought forth Ishmael. 
This interrelationship joined together the two great African peoples of Shem and Ham, placing Abraham as the father of both the Israelite and Ishmaelite nations. I could present hours of evidence from the Hebrew language, Near East history and archaeology, and even DNA evidence from 2,000-year-old skulls found in Judea to prove the blackness of the ancient Egyptians and ancient Hebrews. But since we don't have all day, I just want you to think about how the reading of Hagar's story changes when we, both real, when we see both her and Sarah as black women. Many times the story of Hagar and Sarah is taught as the story of a white Jewish woman versus a black or Arab Muslim woman. But actually, during their lifetimes, the terms Jew and Muslim did not exist. They were just two black women from two different tribes that were in this tug of war. And so it's very important that when we read the Torah, we're not coming with our presupposed ideas of who the characters are and what the word is saying. But we have to come and look at the Torah through the facts that have been laid out. That's why it's very important as you read the Torah that you're praying before you read the Torah so that Yah can really speak to you through his Ruach because many of us have already been given a whole bunch of assumptions about the scripture by the time we open the word. And so we have to pray for the wisdom to read what is there, not what we think is there. In the story of Hagar and Sarah, we see the pressures of a culture that deems women who haven't given birth as not being full women. We see a culture of the haves and the have-nots, the servants and the served. We see Sarah impatient and hard-pressed giving Hagar's body to Abraham, and there is no record of Sarah asking Hagar permission to do this. Sarah and Abraham got a word from Yah, but Sarah was very impatient and wanted to help the word come to pass. I struggle with patience as well, but the thing is, when you try to help Yah, when you try to help Yah, um, sometimes because we are fallen humanity, we mess things up. And many times you should just stand on Yah's word, of course, taking the actions that he tells you to take. But what you shouldn't do is take actions that you made up yourself. We also see with Hagar that she tries to take agency over her situation by being proud of her son and even striking back when Sarah abuses her. So yes, Hagar was done wrong, but sometimes when we're done wrong, we have to discern the wisest way to react and not just react based on emotion. We see basically family dysfunction and two women fighting for the fruit of their wombs to reign supreme. As Hebrew women, we have much that unites us, but we also have individual differences. And to deny our individuality denies our divinity. The Hebrew woman who is an undocumented African immigrant is not exactly the same as the Hebrew woman who is an American citizen. The Hebrew woman who lost her cultural heritage due to the transatlantic slave trade and lives as a minority in a white dominant society is not the same as the Hebrew woman who grew up speaking her African language, eating her African food, and living in a black dominant society. The sister who is formerly incarcerated does not live the same exact reality as the sister who has never been to prison. Actually, according to research conducted by Villanova University, darker-skinned black women will receive longer prison sentences than their lighter-skinned counterparts. 
According to this same research, dark-skinned girls of any race will be suspended three times more than lighter-skinned girls for the same infraction. Though Sarah is a Hebrew and Hagar is an Egyptian, I feel their relationship, as recorded in Scripture, can teach Hebrew women a great deal about how we treat each other. As Hebrew women, we are different but united by a common bloodline and a common experience of having to navigate how to make a way out of no way. Sarah and Hagar both were trying to navigate their reality, and though Sarah's behavior was unacceptable, it shows that even a Hebrew woman of faith can succumb to an acting injustice against another sister. I do not think Hebrew women have to be pristine, perfect saints in order to get dignity and respect, but I do think anyone who wants to support Hebrew women must see us in our full and perfect humanity and honor the divinity in our differences. So for the sisters, how do we relate to each other? How do we react when a sister shares that our actions have hurt her? When the dark-skinned sister shares her story about colorism, do you listen or discredit her reality? When a sister attempts to teach in the Hebrew community, do we honor our, her faith or do we dismiss her because she's not a part of our particular temple, congregation, or camp? When the young sister enters our temple or congregation not dressed to the nines or wearing a head wrap, do we welcome her or do we push her away from the community in Yah? As we examine both Hagar and Sarah as so-called black women, this text is challenging us that as we seek our liberation as a Hebrew people, we have to be careful that we do not seek to become like our oppressors, but that we seek to become the fullness of all Yah meant for us to be, beautiful, powerful agents of justice and whole. See, in the surrounding pagan cultures that Sarah and Abraham lived in, when you could not conceive, you just got a handmaid. And so Sarah, instead of looking to the promise of Yah, actually looked to the fallen state of the cultures around her, and she implemented what those women implemented to get her promise. But remember, Abraham and Sarah crossed over, supposedly leaving pagan culture behind. See, sometimes when Yah has given us a, pro a promise that has not manifested, we get impatient and then we start trying to make the promise come to pass in the way that the surrounding world tells us to have it come to pass. But when we do that, we end up making a mess of the situation, and though we will still get Yah's promise in our life, now we have to go through extra drama that was unnecessary. Even to this day, you have groups of people that are fighting on Team Sarah in the Hebrews and on Team Ishmaelite in the Muslims. Even to this day, we have worldwide political issues that sprung from one decision that Sarah made. And brothers, Abraham is not off the hook because Abraham went along with it. And Abraham just said, Sarah, do with her what you wish. She's your, she's your handmaid. So he kind of like Adam just kind of let go of responsibility. So, brothers, this is also a message for you, because how do you react to other Hebrew brothers that may be different from you? And though Hagar is not a Hebrew woman, I do think she teaches us something just about how we treat those around us. 
When we compete against our sisters, when we harm our sisters, when we abuse our sisters, when we silence and deny the pain of our sisters, we do so because, like Sarah, we lack trust that what Yah promised us will come to pass, and because we lack trust in who Yah created us to be. Sarah and Hagar, though imperfect like us all, were both in the end blessed by Yah. Hagar was not left as a tossed-away slave girl, but Ishmael became a mighty nation, and Hagar is known as the first person to name the Most High when she calls him El Roi, the one who sees me, and this is recorded in Genesis chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Sarah is not left in her barrenness in the sins of bitterness and abuse, but she is given a son who will continue her line. Seeing the blackness of Hagar and Sarah reminds me to see the divinity of my Hebrew sisters regardless of our differences. So-called black women as the mothers of humanity have a unique call given to us by the creator of the universe, but we will only step into our divine power when we stop imitating our oppressors and birth a new example of what it means to be human, a humanity not based on dominance, but a humanity based on interdependence and Yah's justice. Yah appeared to both Sarah and Hagar, showing that he is no respecter of persons. He can come into your life whether you're a Hebrew or a Gentile who's sojourning with Hebrews. And today, if you need him, Yah can appear in your situation as well. May Yah bless you and keep you. May Yah make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May Yah turn his face towards you and give you shalom. Rebirth Radio is a project of Hebrew Nation Building, a ministry to awaken, restore, and prepare Yah's people. To learn more, visit rebirthofanation.org. To learn more about Prophetic Worldwind, uncovering the black biblical destiny, visit propheticworldwind.com. And remember, if it ain't practical, it probably ain't Torah.